subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. So I know the offensive line has gotten a lot of backlash this season from fans. Some's deserved, some not as much. And I know Coach Pittman was having some fun with you on Wednesday night, Chuck. Here's kind of what he said about that. I knew he was doing good because, you know, we scored 39. You know, we had to score. But after the game, you know, whenever before I talked to you the first time, mm-hmm. They said they rushed for 226. I go, oh, I'll be dang. We ain't heard that two number for a minute. No. We're short on the one a few times, you know. <laughs> I was cracking up. He had a good a bunch of one-liners from Wednesday night that were funny. He's like, the offensive line always gets blamed when they do bad rushing or passing, but when the quarterback has a great game or the running back has a great game, it seems to get the credit for that point. Well, the one thing this offensive line has been – pretty decent at outside of some some penalties in the red zone guys they have converted 96 percent of their red zone opportunities they are 27 of 28 in the red zone now you want to get that touchdown total up you're at 18 touchdowns and nine field goals but guys that's second in the conference top five in all of college football flip the script auburn is outside the top 80 in that statistics they have the same number of visits to the red zone at 28 but they only have Again, 18 touchdowns, they have five field goals and 28 attempts. So they're, or sorry, 14 touchdowns and seven field goals and no attempts. So Arkansas, again, a lot more successful. Auburn's tried to risk it at times under Hugh Freeze, have come up short. I think that's going to be a big part of this game tomorrow. Well, it might be. You know, part of that with Arkansas, obviously, is Cam Little. Uh, they've got a really good kicker, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and in fact, he's not missed. He's not missed, period. He's not missed a field goal. He's not missed an extra point. He's not missed. So they got a good guy, too, and his his range is similar to Cam's. So um, I'd like to see a lot of touchdowns. With all due respect to the field goal kickers, I'd, I'd like to see a bunch of touchdowns if it's going to, you know, be a red zone kind of game. But, yeah, both teams have scored. Both teams would probably tell you they'd like to score a few more touchdowns. They're identical in terms of touchdowns, and Arkansas has kicked a few more field goals. Yeah, and then when you look on defense, they're top 20 in red zone defense. You're outside the top 80, so hopefully your defense comes up a little point. The good thing is the reliability that you have in in Cam Little. And by the way, Chuck, is it another Carlson? It seems like they've had like three or four Carlsons that have struggled. not a Carlson this time. It's a McPherson. McPherson, okay. He's pretty good. Hey, here's the thing about Auburn's defense. They're ball hawks. Mm -hmm. I mean, these, these guys have picked off 11 balls this year. Uh, they uh, these are two of the top teams in the league in terms of forcing turnovers and turnover margin. Yep, and I think that's going to be a real key in the ball game. Number one in the SEC in turnovers is Auburn. I think you're either two or three right behind them. So, like you said, KJ's KJ's been what's kind of stood out to me this year is he has forced more throws than he typically has, and maybe it's because he feels like it's on him. I wonder if that was taken off him last game with the running game picking up. 226 total yards, as Coach said. You feel like he has some pressure that was lifted off just him based on the offense's performance last week? Well, I thought the offensive line did a better job. I thought he was better protected. I just thought their whole system offensively was better. And I don't think K.J. was thrown under pressure as much. Um, yeah, I think there have been times when he's pressed. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah. Um, you know, where he feels like he's got to make a play for his team to score. Mm-hmm. And I do think that's 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 been part of the issue. I don't think it's been all the issue. Um, I just felt like when I watched him Saturday, he was relaxed and he was comfortable with what they were doing. Now, look, it's it's um, some players really excel when they're comfortable in the situation, and if they're not, they don't really excel all that much. Some guys can hey, you just throw them out there, and they'll find a way. Um, I think KJ's one of these guys that 
He needs to do what he's comfortable doing. I think we saw through the first eight ball games that if he's not comfortable, um, he's no more effective than your average quarterback. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. It's just the truth. Mm-hmm. But I think we saw Saturday when he gets in a rhythm and he's comfortable with what's going on. He can take it to a level most guys can't take it to. He's got a competitiveness about him that most people don't have. So um, sometimes, at least this year, it it's, looks like it's been feast or famine with KJ. You, you brought up in the Give Me the Hogs Chuck podcast earlier this week, there was a lot of crucial plays in this game, but maybe the most was that first and 20 in OT. So you get that oh. holding call initially, and you're backed up. I mean... I wasn't too worried that Cam was going to make the field goal in that situation to tie it up potentially. But instead, KJ does that read play, takes it about 19 yards, and you set up for a rocket first down the following play. That was, again, he broke that 400-pound defensive tackles, arm tackle. He broke a linebacker's tackle. He ran over a safety. Then he broke another cornerback's tackle. And then he got up and just did the muscle. I lift weights. That, would, to me, was, like you said, the biggest play in the game. Well, that was a big play. I'll tell you, that number 14 had had enough of KJ. You go, <laughs> you go back and you watch the end of that game. You watch as the game wore on, uh, that number 14 for Florida. I mean, KJ trucked him more than once. <laughs> and that last time, um, you could tell in just the way he approached the tackle that, that he'd had enough of KJ. Yeah. He had cleat marks in his chest. Ugh. You know, you, you look at this game and you, you think you go back and rewind to, to August, and this really should be a matchup of at least, what, two of the three best backs going into the year with Hunter and, and with Rocket Sanders. And obviously Rocket's not been healthy and not had that kind of year. But this should be a game, at least from when, when you think about it and you kind of think about what it should have been, should be a matchup of running backs. And I, I know the Hogs go as, as KJ goes, but this should be a matchup where we got – Two really good running backs for each team. See, I think it still is. There's just yeah. not the numbers there. There's just yeah. not the numbers there. When you look at last week's game with the Razorbacks and you look at the way that Auburn's been winning, it is that kind of game. I think yep. it'll be that kind of game tomorrow. It's just not a situation where we're getting to it and you got two guys flirting with 1,000 right. yards. Yeah. That's right. the only thing that's missing. Now, that's a lot, but, 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 but that's what's missing. I still think it's Jarquez Hunter and Rocket Sanders to a yep. great degree tomorrow. And that's where I was headed with that because I think uh, the line that opens the holes, the back that finds the crease, the 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 one that probably gets that extra chunk play may lead his team to to a win. It's kind of like that old Miss game we were talking about. We didn't get to see initially the Judkins and Sanders matchup. We were anticipating this one. Hunter's again top three, top four in this league. So here we are, and he's put up he's put up some good numbers. His numbers are good. Yeah. yeah. He's put up some and good numbers. And Thorne is the other guy. So we're talking about KJ's ability, right? You can't let Peyton Thorne. He's averaging over four yards a carry. He's been a guy. I think he's got two or three touchdowns on the year. Um, you can't just solely lock in on Hunter in this game, Chuck. No, you can't. Um, but, you know, this is, this is an Auburn offense. I mean, when you look at the numbers, you were talking about stats a minute ago. You know, they've averaged 27 points a ball game. This is not a juggernaut. I'll give you, for example, Arkansas averages about half a point more per ball game than does Auburn. And Arkansas's offense is not a juggernaut. So this is not a great offensive team. They do run the football well. Frankly, that covers up for some deficiencies mm-hmm. because it's not a pro you know, this this team's not filled with, you know, great receivers. They've got good players out there, but you don't have necessarily the game breakers that sometimes we've seen from Auburn in the past years. Um, but they do run the football well. But, guys, this game's about defense. That's what this game's about. Mm-hmm. Auburn gives up 21 a game. This is a good defense. It's a solid defense. The guy that was their coordinator at Liberty last year is a linebacker's coach for Auburn this year. Liberty's defense gave K.J. fits last year. Fits. And um, I'm concerned about that part. I don't know if either side's going to get to 30, real frankly. I don't know. But um, – to me, that you know, the the team that continues to play good defense wins this game. You mentioned last year, obviously Hugh Freeze, head coach of Liberty. That's more of a like coaching revenge. I mean, you don't think KJ's looking at his game as like this coach beat me last year because they pounded Auburn last year. You don't think he's viewing it at that, do you? 
oh, I don't know, maybe as a competitor you think this guy beat me last year. I, I, I don't know if players play coaches. Yeah. I mean, I, I, haven't, I haven't been in that spot, but um, I would imagine KJ will be plenty motivated. Whether it's at Hugh Freeze or not, I don't know. All right. Yeah. Well, on the, on the subject of Hugh Freeze, this has been a fun, like Arkansas against the head coach Hugh Freeze. They've been highly competitive games for the most part, even in losses. So you're trying to... Fair foul take. This is the worst Auburn team that will be under Hugh Freeze. Well, we don't know that, but I, but I, I I think that it's fair to say they're going to get better. Yeah, uh, I I would say this is probably going to be the worst team that you'll have to face at Auburn unless he's on his way out at some point. I think he's going to be there a handful of years. But they've again had some really competitive games. He has not fared well in Fayetteville for the most part, outside of him coming in with Liberty this past year i wonder so Pittman's two and three against first year coaches he he's beaten he beat mike leach and the late mike leach and lane kiffin this first year lost to kelly lost to drink there's one other coach that he ended up losing to at his first point how much of an advantage should sam Pittman have with his program over a first year coach with him being in year four and at home as well well and i think i think that the I think the portals changed a lot of that because I don't think year four uh, matters as much as it as it did one time when we used to say that you got to give them time to get all their players in. I think you know Sam at least on paper's done a pretty good job with the portal, so um, I think they 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 should have an edge. But I don't think that that years gap, Chuck, anymore matters as much as we once thought it did. Well, and you know you operate when you say things like that, you operate from the assumption that everyone starts from the same place. Good that's, point. That's true, and that's, that's not fair. true. I mean, Auburn wasn't what they wanted to be when they fired Brian Harson, but they weren't Chad Morris. They were. Well and um, I mean, it was you know not everybody starts from the same spots. What I'm saying. Yeah, that's fair. Hey, morning rush on the football Friday at Daylight Donuts in Harrison. Come by and say hello if you're uh, if you're in Boone County. We'd love to see you. We're brought to you by APAC Arcola. They're not far down the road. They didn't. In fact, they got openings in Boone, Marion, Baxter County, Northwest Arkansas as well. I love the way when you go to their website, you can look at all the jobs that are available, and they've got a kind of a pin on a map, and you can click on that and find out the jobs that are available at that particular facility and in that particular market. So whether you're a diesel mechanic, you're a CDL licensed driver, a heavy equipment operator, or you bring a whole other set of skills to the table, APAC Arcola probably has something for you. Great benefits package, great pay, great sign-on bonus, profit sharing, retirement and more, go to jobs.crh.com, jobs.crh.com. APAC Arcola is an equal opportunity employer. I wasn't surprised to see that Auburn leads the all-time record between the two schools. What I was surprised to see is they got a 9-5 and five record in Fayetteville. That was that, that that stood out to me in this game. Not only, if you're, again, are you down in the series, but you're down at home at this point. And I know Coach, again, talked about the importance of winning that first game in Gainesville, which they were able to accomplish. But is that odd to you guys that they're down to Auburn since you joined the SEC in Fayetteville, Arkansas? No. I mean, just look at the records, Ty. I mean, well, we've had 0-8, 0-8, 1-7. I mean, you're going to lose to Auburn. I mean, you know, whether you play them in Auburn or Fayetteville, when you post offers and one, you know, one, one win, there's a pretty good chance yeah. you've lost to Auburn. I think John L. beat him down there. Um, if I remember right. But, yeah. I mean, when you don't win games, everybody's got a winning record against you. Yeah. I mean, it's a program that won a national title, what, just over a decade ago. Well, so. and, and Auburn's got, you know, they don't have the string of national championships like Alabama has, but they do have a very proud football tradition. And mm-hmm. it is, you know, frankly, they've, they've got more to hang their hat on than most programs in our league. So Auburn is always a program based on the talent level in that state, based on the talent, based on the talent level in that region. Auburn should always be pretty good. Yeah, they're, they're and, close enough uh, to Atlanta. Yeah. yeah, well, not just that. I mean, just the players from all the outposts in Alabama. Yeah. I mean, they're everywhere down there. We get them. Everybody goes into that state and raids players for Alabama. They got a lot of great players. Yeah, their and program, Alabama and Auburn generally are one and two in the pecking order. So, if their you had program to, lows have been higher than our program lows, that's I think fair. That'd be safe to say. So that's fair. If you look at the SEC West in a nutshell, Bama's again in tier one by itself. Is Auburn with LSU in that tier two? 
And you put A&M, Arkansas, Ooh. Ole Miss, and Mississippi Not State. right now. Not right now. In fact, I don't think Texas A&M's in that tier with LSU right now. I think LSU, when you look at what's happened over the last 10, 15 years, LSU's been better than both those yeah. both those programs. I don't think LSU's far behind Georgia and Bama either. I, I mean, I, I don't I don't see a lot of gap between L. I know what what it is this year, but LSU's program is they're third out of those three, but they're they're ahead of fourth by a gap. So. I think LSU's going to have to become a little bit more physical under Brian Kelly. I thought they were more physical under Les Miles. They're more skilled. And they certainly have a better quarterback right now than they had during that period. But I think LSU's physicality, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think LSU's really, really good. I'm not, I'm not knocking them for a second. I don't think they're quite as physical as Georgia and Alabama right now. At one time, you just said Florida was in the top three. I think, to, to me, it's clearly Georgia and Bama, and you can argue that. And LSU's a clear third, and then you can argue Tennessee, Florida, whoever, you know, A&M, whoever she want to argue, but... I don't think the top three programs right now in this conference are really debatable. I mean, Florida hadn't been actually re- – I know Mullen won like 10 games a couple years ago, but they haven't been nationally relevant in a decade. It's been that long. Like where they well, can com- physically compete for a national championship. It's been over a decade since Urban Meyer. Well, I think that – I think Tommy's right. I mean, when I look at it right now, there's, there's Georgia and Alabama. Then you've got a little bit of a drop-off to LSU. The results bear that mm-hmm. out. But I think you've got a fairly significant drop off after that, and and yep. and I and uh, you know again I'm I'm not sitting here pounding LSU's drum because I don't you know they're they're not my favorite, <laughs> um, and I don't think I don't think they're as close to Georgia and Alabama right now as maybe they were four or five years ago, even though Alabama was really rolling then. So I, I I'm I'm not saying LSU's without issue, but. You know, our league is really, really balanced right now, and you can get you can get skewed in your viewpoint when you compare everything to Georgia and Alabama. You know, you can get really skewed in what kind of team and program you have if, if, if you expect to be on that level. And there are a lot of programs in our league, we're one of them, that right or wrong, I mean, you want to sniff that some. And, you know, we've just, um, you know, we've not been able to do it a lot, and neither of the others. It's hard to get there. What is it, Chuck? What's the thing? Seven teams have won the SEC? Is that it? I think I read where six schools, six universities, have won the SEC football championship since 1977. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that glass ceiling's awfully, awfully hard to crack. I mean, take, for example, Alabama. Alabama had you know, decades, decades of success. And then Bear Bryant retired, and they couldn't get him replaced three or four times. They just couldn't find the right guy. They finally found Gene Stallings. But they had some years there where they weren't good. But now all of a sudden they've been a dynasty for 10 years again. Mm-hmm. You know, those, are the, those, those programs can have a little bit of a drop-off, but – if you find the right guy, if you hire the right guy, you can get back to the top of the heap pretty pretty quickly. It's just hard for other teams to do that. So keeping the college football talk going, let's just go to some of the big-time matchups this week. And we're talking about Georgia there for a sec. They host Ole Miss. I do want to get to that Lane Kiffin story coming up from front office sports of the leaked audio that they got. For, for now, just the game. Guys, I didn't realize Georgia has not lost at home. Since 2019, pre-COVID, they lost to South Carolina and Will Muschamp. Funny enough, is on the staff now as a linebackers coach back then. I, I'm trying to find scenarios and ways that Ole Miss can beat these guys tomorrow. I just can't do it. Bowers might even back for the Bulldogs. Turnovers, that's the only way. Um, you know, Ole Miss can score now. Mm-hmm. And, and they're better defensively than people give them credit for being. But, you know, there's a, there's a recipe for an upset. And Part of it includes turnovers, and um, Ole Miss has got to get them, and Georgia's got to have a bad day in that regard. If they do, it'll be a ball game. Yep, college game day is going to be there. It's going to be a huge, massive game in Athens. They're happy it is at night. Now, the early game, the marquee game in the morning, not in this conference, but in college football, is what's been surrounding Michigan, Penn State. Tommy, I, I don't know if you were listening this morning. There is a thought that the Big Ten commissioner, I think it's Tony Patetti, could suspend Harbaugh today and begin it today. It's a it's a holiday, technically with Veterans Day tomorrow. They couldn't like 
get out of that suspension or petition or whatever. I'm, I'm well, paraphrasing, but that would be wild if that happened today. That would depend on if the judge is a Michigan fan. Yeah. So if the judge is a Michigan fan, he'll come off the golf course to uh, to uh, sign that injunction. Uh, but yeah, you, you, I, heard, I heard this talk. I like, are we really involving the courts with a coach perf- a coach being in a game tomorrow? But that was the conversation I heard just like you this morning. And there is some some thought. I, I think the media is almost rooting for Jim Harbaugh to be suspended. And I think the more this story comes out that the rest of the league had their signals too, I, I don't know where you go. The, the Big Ten's got a major PR but problem. Here's here. the deal. The, the the allegation the Michigan is now making is that Ohio State gave Purdue a couple yeah. years ago their signals back. So they, I don't know if there's any... Owen Stones and glass houses, yeah, boys. I, listen, I don't know if there's any... If that's fabricated, they're just trying to push that. If that's true, but... The new Big Ten commissioner who just took over for Warren, he's got a lot on his plate because you got one of your big dogs, another potential big dog in Ohio State. They don't care about the Purdue, but that could cripple the Big Ten this year's chances for a college football playoff appearance if this comes down the wrong way for them. I think they're going to let it ride this season. They may slap them on the wrist. I, I don't. I, I would be surprised if Harbaugh is suspended. Yeah. For some of the reasons that you guys just outlined there, if they do, um, you're going to be in court, you know, within a couple of hours. So, I, I mean, it's uh, – um, I think they're going to punt this thing mm-hmm. until the end of the year. That, that's Now, there may be – you know, there may be some things that are said and done along the way, but I don't think there's going to be anything major come out of it. I really don't think there's going to be anything major come out of it, period. But I sure don't think it's going to be till the end of the season. It was already going to be one of the highest-rated games of the season, being the rivalry. But now it's just going to get upped with Harbaugh potentially on the sidelines tomorrow. Thanksgiving dinner will be memorable this year at the historic Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in Hot Springs. Thursday, November 23rd from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. in the Venetian Dining Room, you'll have a salad bar, carving station, hot buffet items, and desserts featuring traditional and unique items. Over 12 dine for $58 per person, under 12 for $29, and under 6 eat free. Reservations required. Must have credit card to hold reservations. Call 501-623-7771 or log on at arlingtonhotel.com dining for reservations and complete menu items. Call or text the McClarty Daniel Hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. All right, let's stay within the SEC. So I was a little irritated at points this week over various things, but I'm really going to blow up on this. The SEC got its two permanent opponents for baseball beginning in 2025. Ole Miss, good job, SEC. Mike Bianco, that's the least favorite baseball team that everyone agrees with. It's Ole Miss baseball. It's Kentucky basketball. For me, it's A&M football. For most others, it's Texas football. But then, for the love of God, you stick us with Missouri again in baseball. Maybe the worst team in the league. And that's an easy win. Dave's not going to say that publicly. They're going to go to Missouri every year and just drill those guys every single year. Or when they come back, they're going to drill them in Baumwalker Stadium. But you got Norman, Oklahoma, about three hours away from Fayetteville. You got the Texas Longhorns, which would be an awesome best baseball permanent opponent. And you got the LSU Tigers, which has been 
a good series for both schools. LSU had that whatever year since 2012 to 2020, but now Arkansas has at least done that. And you stick Arkansas with Missouri. I mean, like, damn it. Stop doing this, SEC. Just stop. This is not a rivalry in football. This is not a rivalry in basketball. This sure as heck ain't a rivalry in baseball. Stop sticking Arkansas with Missouri. It's a football Friday, but it should be a What's Your Beef Wednesday. I don't understand. This blows my mind that they keep trying to, again, make something out of nothing with the two bordering states. It, it irritates me to no end. No end. I can tell. Just yeah. a little bit. Well, so what, you know, ha- what? Hang on if, now. What if, happened? What happened to the guy that demanded we play Vanderbilt home and home in football? Your every baseball year? program is in a class of its own, basically, without <laughs> a national easy road. Your football program is not. Your football program is light oh. years away from where your basketball program is in the pecking order of this league. I want an easy path in football, a difficult path in basketball, baseball, because you need it for the postseason. I want wins in football, and I need that extra help for baseball. Well, it would basketball. be nice if it was just about us. All right, let me ask you. Ole Miss, you like that. Who would you it. have put? Who would you have put in the other spot? Texas, Oklahoma, or LSU. One of those All schools. Right. I would have been okay right. with All right. either Hang on just a second. Hang on just a second. There's only two permanent opponents. Do you think if the SEC office is looking at this, all right, we got to pick two for Texas. You think they're going to pick somebody other than Texas A&M or Oklahoma? Do you really think that? They should. That's not going to. It's not, it's never going to happen, Ty. And when you look at Texas A and M, when you look at Texas A and M, you know they're going to play Texas. Now, if you want to make a beef, and this is the only beef I think anyone can make, is that A and M's other opponent is LSU. Be a lot more fun if Arkansas was playing LSU every year. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you something. If it comes down to that final weekend, and it's between us and A and M, and we're playing Missouri. That's right. And they're playing LSU, advantage Arkansas, and you're the one, Ty, that always says, I just want it to favor the Razorbacks. Mm -hmm. So, so, (sighs) Why are you twisting my words again? Nothing's perfect. Nothing's perfect. I hear you, but it's not just about us. Look, I I wish they were playing LSU every year, too. I really do. Um, I love that series. But with all the teams now, you just can't do it. When you look down this list from Alabama all the way down to Vanderbilt, and it includes Texas, and they're, they're clearly geography, when you look at, at how they paired these teams up, was was one of the, the primary considerations. No question. I mean, when you look at LSU's got Mississippi State and A&M, you look at, uh, let's say, Georgia, Florida, and Auburn. You know, we don't have teams on the eastern side of the conference taking on Texas or Oklahoma or Arkansas even. So, I mean, when you look up and down this list, geography was a real consideration in doing this. There's just no way around looking at it and coming to any other conclusion. I think Ty's point is well made from the standpoint of you can see the football flavor in the baseball schedule. Yep. And they are very different animals. I will I will concede that. But when you only have two permanent opponents, um it's difficult. I mean, and I'll give the conference office that on this. It, it is yeah. very difficult to put that together. Well, there's only 10 weekends in baseball. Should should they look? And I know that the sport has weather issues, and it would mean start mean starting soon. They already start in mid-March. C- can you realistically expand beyond 10 weekends, Chuck? You did this for a long time. You know the, the, the game better than any of us. Can you – is – Ten the cap on what you could do for baseball weekends in the league. It would be really hard to start any earlier. You start somewhere around the fifteenth of March, generally speaking, and um, it would be hard to start earlier because you're, um, you know, you think about our situation, and there are a lot of other places too where you deal with that. So, it'd be hard to do that. I mean, can you imagine going the first weekend of March to Columbia, Missouri for a game or to Lexington, well, Kentucky? That'd be – I mean, you never – you may get snowed out. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of spitballing here, I'll admit. But, but I, I, I have thought at times, you know, with the expansion in baseball, can you bring some of these leagues together? They have the money to do it. Can you bring them to one site? Interesting. Can you bring them to one site early in the year and have a weekend where – 
I mean, you're just playing baseball out the wazoo. Uh, Jamboree. You uh, you know, you may play two games on Friday. You may play Florida. You may play, you know, Texas A&M. Who knows? Again, I'm just speaking off the top of my head. And and, and that, to me, would be the only way that you could expand this thing. You would have to bring them together at a place where you know you're going to get the games in. And that's really hard to do. Otherwise, I, I just don't see how you can do it. You'd have to have like multiple sites where you played in Arlington indoors. Uh, you play in Atlanta, so you know use some of these major league parks that aren't done that way. But the the, the baseball uh, pro, uh, the, the baseball product in this league has become so financially lucrative compared to the past that hey fans want to see these conference games you know in their stadiums. So I don't think yeah, you'd get much beyond now, ten. I don't. I don't. I don't think baseball in early March is lucrative. I, I just don't. I, I, and, and to me, at that point, if you have games, you're just playing to play. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're making kids play first weekend of March in a cold climate, you're just playing to play. You're just trying to get the games in. And it's really not going to be reflective of what that team's like by the time you get to May and June. Yeah. It's really not. So, you know, if you could bring them together, maybe. Uh, uh, otherwise, I, I, just, I just don't see how you can do it. I, I think you're, you're at where you're at. And I, I love to see the season shift back. But because of the the pro baseball draft and that that schedule that everybody seems uh, beholden to, there's really no way to move the, the college World Series back much further than the late I June when it ends now. Wasn't I think it's in the perfect spot. And because yeah. then we we talked about this, Tommy, a little bit last year. The Fourth of July weekend is the following weekend after the championship yeah. series, right? Well, I mean, so if you, you ever really... want this to become more of a national sport and less of a regional sport, you got to get it to a point where teams up north. The Big Ten schools and other conferences can can play in the early part of their season. I mean, it's it's impossible. Is that the? I mean, you, uh, you dome them up, but they're not going to dome up a college not, facility. Yeah, that ain't that ain't going to work. So, well, this is about money. I, I mean, it's about money for the same you know for the same reason you know we don't celebrate wrestling championships in the SEC or we don't celebrate hockey championships in the yeah. SEC. Part of its geography, you know, there's only so much money to go around, and in a place like, for example, Minnesota. Um, are they going to fund their college hockey program? They're going to fund their college baseball program. Well, they're going hockey, mm-hmm. hundred times out of a hundred. And so, you, you know, you just uh, there's only so much to go around. If if you know we're in a southern climate, generally speaking, and baseball's always been a bigger sport in the South than it's been in some parts of the country, and 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 you know you see that reflected. Is the maybe I'm just misremembering this? They haven't come out with the basketball permanent opponents just yet have there. I know Arkansas has been LSU, Texas A&M, and you're going to have to help me on the last one. Um, I don't know how that's going to work. I, would, I have no idea. Do you think fans are going to be mad if they don't see Kentucky as a permanent opponent? Like if there's a yeah. year where they don't play the Wildcats, I don't know if the Big Blue, Big Blue Nation would be as angry about that, but I know as an Arkansas fan, I would. I mean, is be, there a year where we don't play teams in basketball, or is there a year where we don't play I mean, them twice? Play everybody at least once, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, we're going to play those. Uh, we're going to play those teams. You may not play yeah. them twice and, every year, but we're going to play those teams. And you know, now basketball. I think you could have a, a reasonable conversation about expanding from eighteen to maybe twenty conference games with the two. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If the SEC is going to expand their schedule. You've got to start playing games, conference games, in December before mm-hmm. Christmas. Ugh. You can't jam these things. You can't expect kids to come back from the holidays and fans to be there in full force this week between Christ, uh, uh, Christmas and New Year's. You just can't do it. Yeah. Uh, if you want to play a non-conference ball game, play one. Arkansas is playing one. Other teams are as well. I've always thought that that, that, that was really bad for the league bad for the teams, bad for the players, and it produced a lot of scores that really were not reflective of what these teams were going to be later on in the year. The ACC does this, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they play conference ball games early, you know, pre-Christmas. Um, I think if you're going to go anything beyond where they are right now, that's what you're going to have to do. See, I love the fact that your conference opens Saturday, January 6th. I think that's great. I mean, you got a couple days between New Year's and the start of actual Oh, I like it too. But you're going to have to – but, I mean, with more teams coming in, if you're going to expand the schedule, Mm -hmm. the only way you can do it is to move back in terms of dates. You can't play three conference games in a weekend. The NCAA is not going to extend the season for you. You already played on the 6th or 7th of April. Yeah. So they're not going any further than that. 
No, because they're not going to uh, move the The only Masters. way you can do it is <laughs> December. You've just yeah. got to decide what time in December you're going to do it. I think it ought to be pre-Christmas. Well, you could start December 30th this year on a Saturday, and then you could play on that, that uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, the second and the third, just like a normal week, and there you'd go. But uh, the calendar's no, not always going to work. That. You can't do you? that. You can't play December 30th. You, these, these, these kids are not robots. they got to have lives, man. This is not all about fan entertainment. You can't, uh, you can't do that to these kids. I, don't, I, I, th- I think it's wrong, frankly, to play those kinds of games between Christmas and New Year's. I, I just think you've got to give an opportunity for kids to be kids. And in in, in that scenario, you're, you're, you're talking about playing on the road maybe on the 30th, flying home, you got a game on Tuesday night, wrecks your whole weekend while the rest of the world's celebrating. I mean, you got to be hold. I, 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 don't, I don't think that's right. Yeah. I'm just saying, you. if you're going to expand, and if it was from just about 20, us, that's all you can do. So, well, yeah. no, you you play in earlier parts of December. To me, that's the you only push way it you way do back. It. Well, well, you, you got to push final. it to uh, the last two Saturdays. The only, you know, then what do you do when Christmas falls? I'm talking on, about on like Saturday. the 10th of December. That's what I'm talking about. Ooh. I'm talking about if you're going to play, if you're going to add two or three conference games to your slate. You play those in the middle of December before you go home for Christmas. That's what I. That's what other leagues. That's do. interesting. Okay. Well, they got and finals is that following week because you get that week before Christmas. That's just me talking. I, I mean, yeah. you know, they're not going to call and ask me. And um, there, there may be plenty of people that disagree, but I just, um, I think if you're going to expand the thing beyond where it is right now, you've, you've, you've got to be a little more creative in the way you schedule this thing. Hey, let me talk to you just for a second about Baxter Health particularly those in north-central Arkansas, and, and beyond that, those of you who are LPNs. Baxter Health's looking to hire LPNs. Now, here's the deal. You've got to be passionate about making a difference in the lives of patients. They've got full-time positions available right now. They've got some really good benefits. You can have a sign-on bonus, 2500 to 10000 bucks, depending upon your experience level. Uh, now, they're really looking for people to work in acute care or clinic settings right now. Those are available. Compassionate care beyond measure is what they're about at Baxter Health. If you'd like to further your nursing career at a magnet-recognized hospital, you can apply today. Kim Beavers, 870-508-1070. Or you can always log on to BaxterHealth.org. In the season opener for the Dallas Cowboys this year, we saw them skull-drag the New York football giants. They got them again, this time at home. That one was in uh, in New York. This is a, a game I would expect for Dak Prescott on that offense to go off again. No more Daniel Jones. Guys, I saw that the NFL is starting a record 10th rookie quarterback this season. There's been a lot of quarterback injuries, most notably Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins. But, Chuck, I would think all Cowboy Nation is pretty competent heading into this weekend. Well, it's a game the Cowboys should win. I mean, you you know you hope you you know you hope they're dialed in. Basically, is what it boils down to. Because everybody in the NFL is good enough to beat you if you're not dialed in. And so, I would think that would be the you know the biggest thing for the Cowboys in this game. It's um, you know you look at all these veterans who've been hurt and the rookies that are replacing them. A lot of that has to do with money. Um, you know, you go big on the starter, go small on the backup, and a lot of those guys probably making close to the rookie minimum. And so part of that's a financial situation. But, uh, yeah, you got a lot of them out there right now. Cowboys taking best team in the NFC, Tommy. Niners lost three straight. They go to Jacksonville this weekend. This is a, I mean, a huge game for the Cowboys for not just divisional reasons, but uh, hopefully get that, uh, that higher seed. Yeah, and that loss last uh, week to Philadelphia really uh, – you, you needed to pick that one up to gain some ground, but uh, particularly for playoff sta- seedings. But uh, – I think you can certainly make the case with a beat-up 49ers team, but it's, it's, if they get some guys back, maybe uh, maybe you change your opinion on that down the road. Detroit Lions might... I think any of those three teams, excuse me, any of those three teams against the other two, I think would win on their home field. I think, would win. I, yeah. I, think, I think San Francisco would beat either one of those teams on their home field, you know, healthy things like that, and I think you could say the same about the other two. Detroit is probably the other team in the NFC that has been, again, at least in that discussion this season for being a top dog in the NFC North. 
It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. And with 64-inch TVs, beer, burgers, and, you know, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the big game. So bring the gang and join us this football season at your local Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings, beer, wings, sports, and your home for any game. Roar! Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Interesting matchup this weekend in Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. You've got a lethal kicker in Cam Little who was just announced as a Lou Groza semifinalist. He's 16 or 18 on the year has made all 25 of his extra points. Four field goals of 50-plus yards this season. Here's what Sam Pittman said earlier this week about his kicker. I'll be honest with you, whenever we called him out there and it was 49 yards, I knew he was going to make it. And it's easy to say because he made it, but let me say that there was no stress of him not making it. None. I just, I was starting to talk about what we're going to do on the kickoff to Scott. Guys, we saw this on the road firsthand in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and we saw it last week in Gainesville, Florida. Some guys just have that it factor in a clutch moment, and, and Cam's one of those guys. Oh, he is. I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's uncommon for a kicker in that respect. I mean, he's got, um, you know, he's, he's got a little swag about mm-hmm. him. But, you know, Auburn's guy's good, too. He hasn't missed it all this year. And he's kicked a 53-yarder. He's 9 for 9. He's not missed anything. One thing that, that, that I noticed in their stats, their kicker also handles their kickoffs. He's kicked off 49 times, only 22 of them have gone for touchbacks. So he's not an automatic guy kicking it through. But apparently some of it's been by design because the average starting position is still only the 26-yard line. So they're evidently a pretty good coverage team in terms of their kickoff coverage. But, I, I, you know, I thought that was interesting because, I mean, you you contrast that with, with Cam for Arkansas and 41 or 48 have been touchbacks, but yet there's only a difference of one yard in where they start. I think he was telling he was either telling the press conferences or you this week when he was talking with Scott Fountain at the the ending kickoff with like 50-something seconds left. He's like, can't better kick this through the end zone. We don't want to give ETN a chance, and luckily he did at that point, and, and Arkansas got lucky at the end when they missed that field goal. So we got a lot of things going on this weekend in Fayetteville. You got Arkansas basketball tonight against Gardner-Webb at 7 o'clock. Soccer's playing tonight against Grambling State at 6.30. The women's basketball team is doing their elementary game at 10.30 this morning, guys. So you got you just got event after event. Luckily, the volleyball team's on the road in, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. But my goodness gracious, you're going to have a lot of fans here in Fayetteville. A lot today. of traffic, man. A lot of traffic. It's what you're going to have over the course of the next 24 hours or so and about 1,000 screaming kids. Yeah. Inside Bud Walton Arena today, Phil's ears, uh, ears will be ringing <laughs> yeah, by a, the end of the day. It's a bummer that you don't have to do one of those, Chuck. I know, I know that you'd love to have to deal with all those screens. They're supposed to have ten thousand people in attendance today at ten thirty right? this morning. Ten grand, wow. so seven thousand kids cow. and three thousand others. Oh, well, good for them. Yeah, those kids will have the day of the year right there. They'll have the time of their lives. Murray State yeah. at ten thirty this morning, and that is going to do it for your hog update. It's brought to you by our friends at Mister Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call eight 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 Sparky. All right, it's time to get into one of our favorite segments each and every week as we welcome in our friend Sean from the Fence Man this morning. Sean, it's good to actually see your face. I've been gone a good chunk of these last few weeks. So good to see you again, man. Well, it's good to see you. I'm always, you know, envious of that beautiful blonde locks you got oh, here, you it's, know. It's getting cut in two weeks, so <laughs> it's not going to be here much longer. It's about time. Yeah. It's about time. Yeah, let's be honest. Call space, babe. Tommy's lucky, the lucky one this morning. He's in Harrison at Daylight Donuts. He's chowing down on biscuits and gravy and a, a bunch oh, yeah. of other stuff. Oh, man. I bet they got kolaches as well, don't they? 
He's been. I think they do. I haven't. I haven't uh, got to that side of the counter. But you talk about kids and and, and all that. It, watching parents bring their kids in and they just get in front of that counter and they're they're looking and it's it's uh, it takes you back to your childhood as they're getting to kind of pick out what hey what do you want and getting to pick it out so it's uh it's fun to watch all these kids come through this morning speaking of picking out it's time to pick some football teams and some games let's get into our fence man friday picks Fenceman Friday Picks. Call the Fenceman for all kinds of fences, controlled access, and custom iron projects. 479-782-3936. The Fenceman. We ain't afraid of no work. Guys, the initial line in the Georgia Ole Miss game opened at 10 and a half. It's now down to 8 and a half. We're, the Bulldogs are still the favorites, but it shifted two points. I still don't think Ole Miss is able to cover. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they pull it out tomorrow night. Tommy, what say you? Can Ole Miss cover the eight and a half? They're getting eight and a half points. Can they cover that spread? Give me Ole Miss in the points and Ole Miss to win, boys. Wow. Ole Miss the upset. Back the money is. line, too. Oh, yeah, please. put it all. Unwind the rubber band, boys. Upset all of the right. year. Just throw Chuck's salary on it. You'll make, you'll make the money back. You'll double Ooh. it. Well, I will tell you that I'm going to take Tommy's money this week <laughs> because I'm going Georgia to cover. Sean, what do you think, man? You going to go with me and Chuck, or are you going to go with Tommy? Uh, I'm not going to go against Georgia again. I think they cover. Yeah, that's a, again, that's a Maybe tough Maybe I'm guy. on a sugar high this morning. I don't know. <laughs> Tommy, I hope you're Swallow right, man. Donuts. Yeah, yeah, I hope I you're right. a sugar high. What about a... Uh, a potential upset this weekend. Alabama maybe sleepwalking into Kentucky. It's an early game in Lexington, 12 o'clock Eastern, 11 o'clock our time. I think Kentucky covers this game. I think Alabama, after last weekend, uh, gets, again, they've got a cupcake next weekend. I don't remember who it is, but then they'll close out with Auburn. I think Alabama ultimately wins, but Big Blue Nation covers tomorrow, Chuck. What's what's the line? Ten and a half. Ten and a half. Wow. Um, they play at 11 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Kentucky to cover and Alabama to win. Mm. Well, Chuck's wrong again. Uh, <laughs> I'll take Bama. I Corso. <laughs> Not so fast, my friend. Not so Not fast. Happening today. Yeah, give me uh, give me the tide and I'll lay the points. Blue or Bama? Bama. Oh, Bama. All tied. Tennessee at Missouri. Missouri at home is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Eli Drinkwood's going for that coach of the year along with Lane Kiffin in this league. Guys, this might be the game that gets it. I think Mizzou wins this game. I never would have thought that we'd be talking about a great Missouri team at the end of the season. They went toe-to-toe with LSU, toe-to-toe with Georgia. They beat the balls tomorrow. I got them covering and winning, Tommy. Line was what with Tennessee? One-and-a-half. Their favorites, Missouri, is a one-and-a-half-point underdog. Yeah, give me the Tennessee's whole Tennessee's favored? Yeah. Tennessee's favored, Chuck. Oh, that, that's a layup. I'm taking Missouri. Okay. Yeah, Missouri. What do you think, Sean? Old Smokey. Go fall. All right. The one on the okay. island. That's right. right. At this now point. Now we're talking. Orange. <laughs> Auburn, it's now down to they are a two-and-a-half-point underdog walking into Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. Sam Pittman's got a pretty good record. Uh, coming off a road win and then facing an SEC team the following week. They lost to Liberty last year, but the fall, the previous two years, they had beaten the next SEC team at home. So I think Arkansas wins this game and covers tomorrow. Give me the hogs, Chuck. What do you think, Tommy? Uh, I'll take the uh, the Razorbacks. I think it's a close game, but I think it's not uh, less than a field goal. So hogs and uh, give the points. Hogs win close, though. What do you think, Sean? I'm always going to go with the Razorbacks. I mean, I don't care. I'm going to hang with them. Do or die. I bleed red. Stay red. Just the way it's going to be. Razorback mourn, Razorback bread, and when he dies, he'll be Razorback dead. All right, Chuck, going up north for you. Michigan at Penn State. Penn State is a four-and-a-half-point underdog at home against the Wolverines. Does the -the off-the-field stuff cause them to slip up this weekend? Michigan will cover. Michigan will cover. Michigan wins. Michigan covers. Michigan wins and covers. So taking the Wolverines up there. They got their signs, man. They got their signs. (laughs) Here's your sign. (laughs) That's got to be it. 
Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. So I don't know what the better combination in Arkansas is. Is it the old Chuck-Clay combo or is it the Rocket-KJ combo? Clay, what do you think it is, man, over the years? Well, you know, I, I always said that Chuck teed it up for me, uh, so I don't know. It, it, was, it was like he'd lobbed KJ it up. KJ and, and Rocket. KJ and Rocket. It, it as far as you want to. Well, I was getting there, Chuck. I was getting there. <laughs> hey, it's, they can do without us. Yeah, they. Well, they did. Yeah. <laughs> you, you went off and left me, and I ended up with Bo. And it, you know, I thought, well, that's bad. And then I ended up with Ty. <laughs> Even worse. That's right. What as bad as you thought it was, huh? No, it was. It, it, I mean, if there's something after Ty, I don't want it. That's going to be worse. Or uh, no, it might be better. Let's be honest. Well, cl- it can't cl- be as worse. I'm going to do my best to to pull a, a, a Chuck here and tee off. So this again, this offense really worked. Pittman talked about it this week. It was just really about Rocket and KJ. I mean, what's I, I know they're going up against a stingy defense tomorrow. At points Auburn's been pretty good when it comes to their scoring aspect. I mean, what's stopping this offense tomorrow, Clay, from pulling off some similar things that we saw this past weekend in Gainesville? Yeah. In- I'm interested to see if if uh, they have more growth in the offensive line because you, you talk about the, the backs and you know and the mesh with KJ and Rocket and that that's that was big. But I thought Tykeus Crawford, you know, looked like he held up pretty good when he was in there, and I thought that was Devin Manuel's best performance. And you know, the combination of those guys, you know, they all seem to fit and. For whatever reason that, that it worked, and then I like the idea that they, you know, they spread the field a little more and made made uh, Florida play with the light box, and it was less guys to account for, and it, there weren't as many places where they could throw an extra guy to kind of you know mess up the blocking. Uh, but it it's uh, you know. Auburn's different than Florida. Every matchup is different. They've had a week to look at what Arkansas did, and I'm sure they'll have some wrinkles for it. So uh, it, it's uh, the, the – but the, the main thing, guys, is, the, is and Sam spoke on it, is the energy. I mean, when you play hard, good things happen. Yeah, and Clay, to that point, so you lose another tight end this week, and Coach talked a little bit about the four wide receiver mat- – uh, a set that they might use and more productive this week. I mean, no has, no Washington. He mentioned Gums. He brought up some other guys. One guy he pulled off the scout team. Do we see more of what you're talking about tomorrow? Do we see more four wide and one running back type of sets? Yeah, I think there'll be a heavy dose of that. You know, but there's pl- there's times where you can't play that way. You get on the go line, of course. Chuck, I thought your call was winning play. I, you know, I kind of heard it about four times and I wasn't really trying to listen to you. I was trying to watch the way they blocked it up front and it doesn't have to be blocked very long because it's a slant. Uh, but the, the timing of the blocking and Nathan backs came across the formation and hit that guy. You know, I guess he was a, an outside linebacker as he stepped across perfect timing. And so there's times on the goal line, they, they don't have to worry about, play in the middle of the field so much with a deep safety, they can put those guys on the line. And you're going to have to have, you know, a tight end in, or at least somebody play tight end. You know, maybe it's an extra lineman. That they, you know, maybe they have a wrinkle that we haven't even thought about. So there's, there's going to be some things that, 
they do to uh, account for for that guy. But Nathan Bax can, if he's healthy, he can help them, you know, in goal line situations. And uh, I know I know Gum is is played some, you know, in a different league. Uh, so there, there's there's some options. But yeah, they you know they can play they can play empty if they want to. Yeah. Play Henry with us on the McClarty Daniel Hotline with the injury to Patrick Kutas. Uh, how concerned are you right now with the with the shifts again on the offensive line? Uh, how does this affect Kenny Guyton's game plan for tomorrow and maybe the play calling? Well, I thought I thought Tykeus Crawford played played well, and um, you know we'll, we'll we'll see the you know the thing you always worry about is the, what's the man behind him? Uh, he stepped up and, and filled in for Patrick. You know, in in Tykeus has has been injury prone. Do, do they have you know? What's the next step? Is it uh, Imarion Harris? You know, who we saw at guard in the bowl game, and he did fairly well, but uh, tackles a different beast. And so it's, um, you know, it's next man up, and that's not their strength, or they would, we would have seen that guy with the way Kudis uh, has played. You know, I would wonder if that's not a spot where you really can't withstand another injury on yeah, the offensive me too. line. Um, Crawford will start. I, I, I would not be surprised, Clay, to see Manuel start and Shambly be the guy that you know maybe backs up both those tackles. He's maybe the swing guy. Game. Yep. But yep. I'm not sure that's a spot where you can afford to lose anybody else. Yeah. You know, and they, they tried. I guess it was at one point. Didn't didn't they put Latham at tackle briefly? Mm-hmm. That didn't go real well. That would be their third option. That'd be their third yeah. option. I think your right tackle, if if you know, it's just not working. But you know, chances are, if we see Latham at right tackle, it means they're having a bad day, and, and that's kind of a last gasp there. Yeah, well, can we let them worry about that? And yeah, and, they and can. Not, <laughs> and not let it ruin our coffee this morning. Uh, <laughs> it's not ruining mine. I assure you. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're right, though. If that's where we're at. Uh, you know, uh, there'll be some people turning the channel. <laughs> Sorry, Chuck. <laughs> uh, Clay, I know you like to talk defense. You always occasionally shift me in that direction. When you look on the other trench play, I mean, it looks like Booker's going to be back. Um, McLaughlin has been back for the last couple games, played in the last game, had a really outstanding game. You're going up against an offense tomorrow that, albeit it scored 27-31 in their last two games, it's against what I would consider subpar competition, even though you only scored three on Mississippi State. What's your feeling on this defense going up against Thorne and this Hugh Freeze offense tomorrow? The main thing that you have to do is tackle well. Uh, their running backs are SEC quality. They, they've got two of them that, that can run downhill. Uh, your nickel and your safeties are going to have to make tackles. And they can't bring it with just an arm. These guys are good. They, they've run the ball against most of the teams they've played that they were successful running it at least some against LSU. Um, so, you know, they move snacks into nickel and I, I think he's terrific in pass defense, but it, you know, he, he's not been the best tackler. So that's, that's an area that you know, I'll be watching to see if in open spaces and, you know, they're going to run, you know, some, some plays where they, they got the light box and, and uh, you're going to have to tackle with the safeties coming up in space, and that that's part of what you know what Hugh Freeze did to Arkansas last year in the Liberty game. And so you, if you want to, if you want to see what his plan is, you can go back and look at that. Although that's you know it's against a different defense. This is a four man front, and I think that'll serve them well. That they have been decent at stopping the run most of the year. I mean, I I think Chuck, you you probably. Uh, like me, that that's that's the biggest improvement in this team. No question, no question. You bring you bring up the secondary, Clay. You got a kid from Frisco, Texas. He's coach's kid, Jalen Braxton. Chuck had a chance to talk with him on Wednesday night, and I I, I was trying to go back. You're better history Arkansas buff than I mean. Have you seen a player that's impacted as a true freshman much in the defensive backfield as Braxton has this year, where he's now just a considered as an everyday starter? Well, there have been some that they, they've been forced to play maybe even before their time. I know Ahmad Carroll you know, did some things as a true freshman. He got mm-hmm. beat some, but uh, 
he made some plays. Uh, I know Greg Lasker played a lot as a true freshman, and you know they won a national championship with the first year player playing free safety and Harry Jones. Now he was a sophomore, but freshmen were ineligible in those days, so that was his first first year. He'd been through a spring at least. So there have been some guys that, you know, first-time players. But generally, that's not what you want to, you know, uh, it's – but let's just say this about playing corner. It's the easiest for a first-year player because you can say cover that guy and it not get real complicated. You know, you just stick with that guy. And I've heard coaches, you know, throughout history say, hey, I'd rather have a first-year player at corner – been a first-year player at safety where they've got to make some decisions on where the ball's coming and is it run past. You can tell a corner, hey, you you just got to cover that guy. That's your that's your main deal. Uh, I will say their corners were terrific last week in blowing up the bubble and tunnel screens. Uh, the little short passes out wide where it looks like there's somebody to block them and they defeated the blocker and blew up the play for no gain or lost yardage. That was an awful lot of fun to watch. Uh, it seemed like uh, Dwight McLaughlin had one of his better games as a Razorback. Coach uh, kind of spoke to him earlier in the week, become a better practice player, and he definitely performed on Saturday to this point in time. We're talking with Clay Henry here on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. If you got a question for Clay, you can text it in at 877-377-6963. It's a football Friday again. Tommy, brought to you by QSA Kinetics. As you're at Daylight Donuts in Harrison this morning. Yeah, still time to come by and uh, get you some breakfast this morning. Best biscuits and gravy in Boone County, they say, Clay. So, uh, had some earlier. I, I would, uh, I'd say that's right. So, uh, if you're if you're over in this neck of the woods, stop in. Hey, Chuck and I were talking about this earlier. Um, got two really good defenses. Don't give up a, a ton of points. Uh, you got two running backs thought to be amongst the the th- two or three, four best in the conference uh, prior to the season. Uh, how much of this is a game where you know maybe the better running back performance wins this football game tomorrow? Yeah, I I, I think though it's it's that's one way to look at it, but I think the team that that plays well as far as turnovers and penalties, you're you're not going to have a lot of sustained drives, so penalties can really help these defenses and. Uh, it may be a turnover here or there that really determines the game. And, you know, it's where one team gets a little separation because of a turnover. And Arkansas has shown some ability. Their guys, you know, you, you make a misplay in the secondary, they're going to they're gonna make you pay. You know, we've seen it in several games this year, especially the games they've won. That's been the difference. And, you know, they had, you know, they made some big plays in the very first game and they, you know, in the secondary, and they definitely did that uh, at Florida, and I thought that was is just as big as the way uh, KJ and Rocket played. And you know, you you got some stops, get off the field, and give your give your offense a you know good field position. Both these teams are really good at forcing turnovers, and 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 I think Clay's right. I, I think that's going to be a big key. One thing when you talk about the running game for both these teams. We tend to focus on Hunter and Rocket. It's Thorne and KJ, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, Thorne's yeah. rushed for 40 more yards than Jefferson has. I mean, we think of Jefferson as a running you know, guy who can beat you with his legs. Thorne's rushed for 40 more yards than KJ has. He's rushed yeah, he for two this, touchdowns yeah. this season. So's KJ. So, I mean, when you talk about the running game, uh, we do focus on the backs, but I think both these teams – when they really had their running games working, so to speak, the quarterbacks had just as big a hand in it as the running back has. Yeah, the, those those defensive backs they have their hands full. You know, you're playing pass, and all at once here's that here that guy comes. That's exactly and, right. And it, it is no fun for them to change. You know, it's like I've got my man covered. I've done my job. The play's over. Nope, here he comes. <laughs> He's loose. And, yeah. you know, that's the fear of defensive coordinators, too, is how do you account for that extra player? Well, and, and he, the guy's got some wheels. And he he knows what he's doing, and that's why he's playing quarterback. He didn't because of the way he throws it. And then K.J. presents the whole challenge of just simply tackling him to, to the ground. I mean, we see it week after week where defenses got to get help to him or, or he's going to get that, that first down you thought you had him stop short of. What do you say? He, he's – 
he's going to make them make a business decision. (laughs) (laughs) It's like my business is about to be over because he's going to flatten me. I can't imagine Uh, defensive coordinators don't lose a little sleep over him at night just from, from a fundamental perspective. That's right, yeah. Maybe Nick well, Nick Saban was talking about again. He's never seen a college football play before, where he's just tossed away a kid like a fly in that game. It's pretty crazy. Well, Clay, no, go ahead. Arkansas might have a, an edge with their kicker. I mean, I think I think Cam Littles is the, will be the best kicker on the on the field Saturday, and uh, he he's kind. Of, I don't know. One or two more really big games, he might be the All SEC kicker. I don't know anybody I'd take over him. Kyber's got him number one on his board. I mean, I, I'm, you guys know more about the history of, of Kendall Trainer and Todd Lauderette and Steve Little and some of those other guys, but I mean, Cam's got at least me in consideration. It's one of the best ki- kickers here in Arkansas. Well, Ty, there, there's been about twenty. I mean, mm-hmm. literally, you know, you can go yeah, back. He's in that group. He's in a big group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a big group. You know, you're talking about Pat Summerall. You, you know, you're talking about uh, Bill McClard. You know, was an All-American. You know, uh, Ishwar Donis was an All-American. Uh, you know, you mentioned Trainer. You know, Bruce Lehay was a great one. You know, they had a run of them. You know, uh, Todd Wright uh, kicked the field goal to beat Tennessee, you know, for their first really, you know, big SEC pelt, kind of. Uh, but it, it's... Uh, They've had a lot of them. I mean, it's the uh, Hawker was pretty darn good. I mean, I, I'd say you could say maybe 15 to 20, but Chuck's right. He's in there with them. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.